Welcome everyone. I'm Sue Barber, author, former IT director for a Fortune 500 company, turn executive coach, and this is the Visibility Factor podcast, where we explore how to raise your visibility and play bigger at work and in life. We'll explore key topics and welcome guests that help you shift your thinking about yourself so you can see new possibilities for your leadership. I'm on a mission to create a visibility movement for leaders to show their value and be seen for their true talent. Are you ready to take the next step towards a higher level of visibility for yourself? Let's go. The visibility factor is brought to you in part by the Choose Your Life Challenge. Do you feel like it's too late to do something new? You have a good life and your basic needs are met. You have a place to live, a job that provides enough and friends and family to share it with. But it's all passing by so quickly and it feels like you're running out of time to do the things you wanted to do. Join Danielle McCombs and Christy Allinger, co-hosts of the Opposite of Small Talk podcast in a 30-day interactive experience that helps you to live a more intentional life. Through a combination of live sessions, video coaching, and digital social interaction, you will be guided through a series of ideas to explore your mindset and gain confidence to live the life you want. Sign up today by visiting theoppositeofsmalltalk.com forward slash challenge. Use promo code CHALLENGE4 for a 20% discount. That's theoppositeofsmalltalk.com forward slash challenge and promo code CHALLENGE4. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Visibility Factor podcast. This is Sue Barber. I am thrilled today to have my guest, Marcelo DeSantis, here with me. And in full transparency, Marcelo used to be my boss at one point in my career and has helped me tremendously in so many ways in terms of mentoring and coaching and leadership. So thank you so much for joining today, Marcelo. It's great to have you here. Thank, thank you, Sue, for, for the opportunity. And I have to be transparent here. You are my boss now for all this podcast and what comes <laughs> after this. So I'm glad I'm glad be <laughs> on that side, to be honest with you. Thank you. <laughs> awesome. Okay, well, I would love to have you introduce yourself to the, to the audience and tell them a little bit about you and your career. Absolutely. Well, um, Marcelo De Santis, I'm originally from Argentina. I came to the U.S. 20 years ago always been um, information technology executive companies like Mondelez, Kraft Foods, Pirelli, had the opportunity to work and live across the world, uh, in Italy, in Singapore, China, India, and always uh, here lately in the US. Uh, today I am the chief digital officer for ThoughtWorks in North America. ThoughtWorks is a um, software consulting company Uh, we basically build uh, digital products and experiences for, for many clients in, across different industries, helping them to you know, drive their digital transformations as, as, a, as digitization becomes part of our you know, business and personal lives. Um, I'm in charge of the digital transformation practice for, for the company across the globe. And I have teams, you know, continue to have teams across different geographies, which is something that I, I truly enjoy. Besides that, I sit at the board of uh, high tech, Hispanics in technology, UNICEF, and also the co-founder of an angel group that helps underrepresented um, entrepreneurs to get money for their uh, technology startups, you know, and, um, you know, make the venture capital industry a little bit more inclusive. So you know, that's, that's all about me. I'm based out of Florida, just moved to a new home 
some living in between boxes as we speak, but you know, happy, happy to be here with <laughs> you and, and the audience. Oh my gosh. Well, thanks for joining. I knew you were kind of in mid move. So I appreciate you doing this uh, at this point in your, in your morning. Well, for you afternoon, but yes. So let's go back in time. When you first became a leader of people, what do you think was the biggest challenge for you to become a leader of people versus, you know, just driving change for yourself and doing things for yourself? Mm -hmm. And I, I think the biggest challenge was what you just said, right? You're leading people, right? You're not leading only a business agenda. And getting to understand that in order to do that well, you really need to connect with your team in a completely different way, right? Um, it's not about telling them what you are expecting from them or what the company is expecting from them, but also spending significant amount of time in understanding where they, where do they want to go themselves as, you know, as professionals, as, as individuals. And understanding that took me a little bit of time, right? Because I thought that leadership was about, okay, we need to hit these three targets and we are all on board, right? So let's do it. Well, it's not like that, right? So, so really understanding uh, which in each individual wants, wants to do with her or his career, but also which individual, uh, what each individual is bringing to the table, right? And, and making sure that you can actually intersect the desires of the person, the desires of the organization, and, and you know, make that mix a magical recipe for both things to happen. You know, the company grows, but the person grows. And if the person, if the person grows, you grow yourself as a leader. The team grows. And, and, and I think when you hit that sweet spot, that's where the magic happens. So easy to say, <laughs> it, took me many years to, it took me many years to realize that that was important and many more years to learn how to do it, which I have to be honest with you, I think I'm still learning how to do it. Um, I don't think there is a recipe, uh, but there are some, some principles that, that, that you want to take into account. Mm-hmm. So important. I think I think you're totally spot on. It was definitely my experience as well. Uh, moving in, I think I felt like I had to have all the right answers and I would just tell people what to do instead of trying to motivate them and inspire them and, you know, help them see that it was a good thing for their career to do things that we were doing. So it definitely took me a lot of time and I learned a lot of lessons from you. One of the things that I remember very clearly, and we talked about not too long ago, was when our CIO at the time highlighted you as a great leader of people and a great developer of people and really pulled you out of the crowd. I remember sitting in the room and having you stand up and talk about that. What was that experience like for you to be highlighted as that person? Uh, it was a humbling experience, right? I was not, you know, I was not expecting, right? Really, I was, I, I was sitting at the back of right. the room, maybe checking on my email, <laughs> which was not good to do in that, in, in that session, but, um, and, and, and I was surprised, right? I, I you know, I didn't, I didn't know that I was going to be nominated for that. And as much as coaching as, you know, Mark Dajani gave me about my leadership capabilities, it was very humbling to see that, you know, 
many others were seeing in me someone that they can trust or they can, you know, look for help when they need. So, so you know, it was humbling and also puts a lot of responsibility on yourself, right? Because then naturally people will look for more time in, in, in your day to, to, you know, to get guidance or, or you know, and, and it's, 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 it's responsibility and also, you know, we, in feeling, you know, humbled by, by, by the opportunity, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah. So at that time, what did you do differently, do you think, than what you had done previously for people to see you that way? Well, I remember that, you know, Mark told me when I got into this role, when I have a global team and it was very, I would say, it was a real stretch goal for myself, right? Um, I said, what, do I, what, do I, what are you expecting from me, Mark? And he says, you know, make them shine. And I'm like, what, what goal is that? I mean, I was expecting, you know, we need to drive this amount of revenue or cost reductions or productivity or employee engagement. He says, that's what you need to do. You need to look at your team and understand where they are and understand where we want to go. And your role is to make them shine. And it took me <laughs> a few months to understand what does it mean to make them shine, right? And then Mark, and, you know, he was giving you piece by piece the, the advice, right? Um, he, he, he was very good at let you struggle with things. And, and when you are struggling, then he was coming to rescue you from, from that moment. And, and then I, I started to understand that that was where understanding where, where each individual wanted to go in their um, professional and personal journey was important, is that your role is to, is to find that, that place for people to do their best, right? That's, that's the make them shine thing, right? It's, it's finding that space for people to, to, to do their best, right? With, with the things they have, uh, to learn the most possible amount of things based on their aspirations for their careers and their personal journeys. And that takes a lot of, uh, a, a lot of interest and intentional energy to, to really learn f- from each of your team members because each of them wants something very different, right? So your role is to find that common place in where everyone is, is, is able to, to be at the rest, right? And, and you know, that, that was, that was a conversation with Mark that changed, I, I tell you, changed my, my career, right? And, and I, at the beginning, I didn't see that being important, but when I started to see the effect that you have in people, right? And, you know, people growing their careers and being promoted and, you know, in some cases, leaving the organization, but leaving the organization to a, for a better opportunity outside. And, and that was okay, right? That was okay. As long as you have done your best, right, on your side, the, the person, yeah, the, the person was, was maybe leaving, but leaving to, to, to a better future that they, they wanted to, to build for themselves. So, so it was, that, that was more or less a journey. So um, I know it's a long explanation, but but was was an experience for me. Very impactful. I, I hope everybody is listening to that and anyone who's leading a team can really think about that for themselves. How can you make your team shine? I mean, that's 
why this book was written that I wrote because I wanted people to be able to do that for themselves, but also for leaders to be able to help their team members do the same. What do you think is the biggest challenge in terms of being a leader of a team who may have more of an ego, I'll say, <laughs> and and feels like there might be some, I don't know, threat to them if they make their team shine more than themselves? Well, if, if you have the mindset, I always say, that's not a growth mindset, right? But, you know, it doesn't help to tell you a person, you do not have a growth mindset, mm-hmm. right? So it might not mean too much for that person, but... Mm-hmm. I think I, I will ask people that are thinking like that is the the legacy that you can leave in a team is not only about what you what you know or who you are is how much you can others how, how much you can actually impact others in being bigger than they are right how much can you learn yourself from them and if you have that ego in where you think you know everything, my invitation is, is to think that you know nothing. And the few things you know mm. are just part of a bigger thing that your team will be able to contribute to. And between the two things together, there might be something that you don't know today. So approach leadership with, yes, I know some things. Obviously, I'm proud of the things I know and the things I have achieved in my life, but there are so many things I don't know. And all my team is going to help me to learn about those things. And I'm going to help and contribute with the things I know. So the collective wisdom is much, much more important than my personal wisdom. If I really want to grow as a leader and as a person, Mm -hmm. I just have to be flexible to learn and open to learn new things. And why not to learn from your team? They are with you maybe eight, 10 hours per day. What a great opportunity. I mean, if you don't want to learn from them, where else do you want to learn, right? I mean, it's the people that are working for you, working with you, you are working with them, for them. It's a magical opportunity to, to, to learn and, and become a better person, then a better leader, yes, right? So if you have that ego, ask yourself mm-hmm. what will happen if you know nothing and you're stepping into the team, what would you do? And see what, see if you get any different answers. <laughs> I, I, cer- I certainly hope they would have a different answer with that question to start with. <laughs> uh, so I also was lucky enough to interview Marcelo for my book and he shared some really great thoughts about how to think about your role as a leader in a company. And we talked a little bit about it the other day when we talked, Marcelo, about job description and thinking about your team as part of the organization. Can you share a little bit about your thinking around that? I think it's very unique. I don't think a lot of people think about it that way. And I think it would be really helpful to hear. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, you know, it, this comes from some conversations I, I had with team members myself, right? When when you go to these performance reviews and and they actually, you know, read back to you their job descriptions, right? And I found through many years that people become their job descriptions, right? I mean, they get into a company or an organization and they say, I am 
Marcelo de Santis, this, this, and this, and this, and I'm here to do A, B, and C, right? And I found out that job descriptions limiting are limiting individuals, right? Be because you're much bigger than your job description, right? And if you bring the, the bigger you to the company every day, you may be impacting things that are above and beyond your job description. Don't get me wrong. If you have a job description, you need to do that role very well. That's the expectation of, you know, I mean, Marcel, you need to do A, B, and C, mm -hmm. right? But if you can do D, E, F, G, H for the company, why are you not doing it? Who's stopping you? What's on the way for doing that? And I tell you, most of the times when you ask yourself those questions, or you ask your colleagues those questions, they just, the job description is on the way. <laughs> but that's not my job. Mm -hmm. But you can contribute to it, right? Yes. Do you have the skills? Yes. Would you love to do it? I would love to do it. Why are you not? Because it's not my job description, right? So, so I, I do believe in this concept of you're not your job description. Your job description gives you a place in an organization because an organization is about being organized, right? <laughs> uh, now, <laughs> you can collaborate with others in many, many different things, right? I mean, I, I guess you remember when we started to work in things that were very much around diversity, inclusion in, in Mondelez and in craft, and they were not part of our job descriptions. And we were impacting a community that was much larger than our team, right? And you can do that. I, I've seen that happening even with clients, right? In my current company, asking people, why are you doing only this for us at ThoughtWorks? Why you don't do this for the industry? And you, and you have now those people being part of organizations that are defining responsible and ethical principles for using technology in the digital world. They were just doing it within their job descriptions for the company. Now they are contributing to organizations that are looking at that problem above and beyond our company across the industry. So there are many, many opportunities about you evolving yourself above your job description. Oh my gosh, so impactful. I hope everyone's listening to that because I have definitely worked with clients who feel that they can't do more. And to me, that is an opportunity for visibility. Those are opportunities to show you initiative and that you can do more. And I remember my own experiences. Those were the things that I think people noticed the most about me, which gave me the next opportunity. And I didn't know that was going to happen. It wasn't like a, unnecessarily a plan on my part, but I think it worked out to my benefit. And now I really inspire other people to think about that for themselves because there's a lot of possibilities out there if they just look around, there's problems to solve, opportunities to take care of or make better. And if they just want to spend some time to do that, it could make such a difference for them. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and Sue, let, let me add something else. There is an energy, energy, personal energy management opportunity in doing that. Because let's be super honest. If we look at our job descriptions, how many people we say that they love 100% of the things that are in the job description, right? There are things that you love to do every day. There are things you must do because it's part of your role. But if you could choose, you might not do them because it's maybe bureaucracy or mm -hmm. things that are more administrative, mm -hmm. but you need to do them right now. 
if you look above your job description and you intersect areas in where you have the willingness, the ability, and the passion to contribute, that will help also to balance that energy that you need every day to go to your company, to your organization, and be at your best. Because, you know, that, that will give you the boost when other things are a little bit like, you know, routine work that I must do, but I might not like to, right? But I do it. With, with those things that you have passion for, and also contribute to make others shine, right? So I'm going to go in a slightly different direction now. You have lived in so many different places and worked in so many different cultures. What have been your biggest takeaways from those experiences that have taught you the most? I think that the first one is that every time you go to a new place, it's about slowing down, right? I mean, that's a... It doesn't sound good that, you know, you're a leader and the first thing you do is to slow down, right? I mean, I'm here my first day. What's your plan? (laughs) To slow down, right? Well, let me explain that, right? Uh, You slow down to to listen and learn, right? Because you're going to come with your experiences, uh, specifically when I went to Asia, for example, right? And I had the opportunity to be in charge of geographies like Japan, Australia, Singapore, China, India, Malaysia, Indonesia. I tell you, each of those countries are extremely different. I was in a consumer goods company like Mondelez, and our consumers were very different. I mean, the way they were actually buying and deciding to buy our products were really, really different. Even the flavors of our Oreo cookies were, you know, was, uh, were different across the countries. So you mm-hmm. really need to understand how people do things in each culture. And that puts you in the situation of being very open to learn, to slow down, right? To suppress your biases, right? This work in the U.S., so now I'm here, I'm going to do the same. Well, <laughs> you might do some things that you have done in, in, in your previous experience, but you will need to adapt many others, right? And in order to know what to adapt, uh, you need to, to you know, slow down and, and learn and listen first. I think that was, that's one. Um, second thing is, there is something common, right? Uh, no matter where you go, people want to do their best. I mean, and it doesn't matter if you are from a country, from another country, if you're working in, you know, within a socioeconomic environment or another socioeconomic environment, People wake up every day with, with with the willingness to contribute. If you are able to understand that, what what actually motivates people, and that's what is different in each in each culture culture. If you focus on that, then you can drive a lot of change for organizations, no matter where you are. Now again, again, you need to learn how to observe those things and get coaching, right? I mean. And that might be my my third learning Mm -hmm. is if you go to a place that is not your place, you know, when you slow down, when you're trying to understand what motivates people, get someone to help you, right? I mean, be 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 humble saying, hey, listen, I haven't been here. I haven't lived in this country. I don't know what you guys do here, how you do it, you know, what's the culture. Get someone to be your kind of, you know, partner uh, in understanding how things are are being done around here, right? And, and, and be open to learn because most likely I'm gonna, the, the way they do things is gonna be pretty different, right? So 
So you better learn it early in your in your journey than you know later on when it's maybe too late. Right. <laughs> Great advice. I love that. All of that. So now you have been in multiple companies. Now you are working in a consulting organization as a leader. What have the differences been for you in that transition? Well, I mean, f- first it was um, a big change for me to come from. Uh, being a technology executive in, in a company to be in a, the consult, in a consulting organization because I've always been a client of those organizations, right? <laughs> so, so that's number one. Uh, number two, um, I had to learn a new business, right? I mean, a consulting business is pretty different to a consumer goods business or an automotive like Pirelli, right? Uh, very, very different, right? The way you look at your uh, financials, the way you look at capability building for an organization that is all about providing capability to our customers so they actually achieve what they want to achieve. So I have, I have to learn that. And um, that, that, that was good. I mean, I always like to learn new things. Uh, but also, you know, being a client was, was an advantage because I can always bring to the table um, the things that I know of from being a client. And if someone is telling me, we're gonna to talk to this client this way, I might say, yes, but you might consider to do this differently or mm-hmm. this is great, you should actually highlight that more because you've been a buyer of those things for many, many years, right? So mm-hmm. I think that's how I look at, at, my, at my journey from uh, large enterprises in, into a consulting business. Consulting business that is pretty, pretty large at, at the moment. We are more than $1 billion uh, across the globe and just went public last year. Um, so we are going ourselves through a lot of change. And I love change, honestly, Sue. I mean, I guess you know me. If, if, you, if you put me to do something that is the same for the next 12 months, I will enjoy the next 12 months. But month 13, I will be looking for something else to do, right? So, yes. <laughs> uh, because that's... That's <laughs> after that, I was okay. I, I did it. I'm sure someone else can do it better than me. What's the next big thing that we need to do, right? <laughs> right, right. I, I, I love to challenge myself. Yeah. yeah. I know in our experience together, we have had multiple challenges uh, in programs that we worked on together. Um, and just to share, I don't know if I ever shared this with you, but I remember the day that you came and told me you were moving to Singapore. And I was going to be the person who was running this program on my own. And I had always had you there. And I thought, oh, my gosh, now it's just me. Uh, But I think it was the greatest thing for you, for your career, obviously. But I think for me, too, to have to step up and own everything, because I was probably the only person in the company who knew enough to be able to do that at the time. So I just wanted to thank you for that, because I know that was probably a challenging decision a little bit for you of whether to leave what you were doing and it was kind of mid-flight and go into something very, very different for you. Oh, no, I mean, you deserve that opportunity, so you're being very humble with yourself. Um, you already were, were playing that role. I mean, you just didn't notice that maybe <laughs> yeah, at maybe. the moment. And the fact, mm-hmm. the fact, the fact that I left uh, made it just more you know, mm-hmm. visible, right? going to the subject of your, of your right. book, right? Because you, you got all the space yeah. now. Uh, and that's you're welcome. You deserve yeah. it. You, 
You did great. I mean, better than me for sure. <laughs> I don't know about that. But thank you for saying that. Uh, so then let's just talk about anybody who's new as a leader in the organization that you're in now or any previous organization. What are maybe the top three things you should think about doing? You would give them advice to do. So if you're, if you're getting into a new role, you know, again, I think first spend some time listening and learning, right? Uh, what is the role about? Do not take the job description as a limitation, right? Um, build, you know, in your first typically 90 days, right? I mean, um, make sure that if mm-hmm. you need to redesign your role, do it. That's the best time to do it, right? Saying, yeah, I was brought here to do this and this, but in my first 90 days, I observed this, this, and this. And I think I will do something different, right? So, so make sure you redesign your role, right? Intentionally. Now, in some cases, it might not, you might not need to do that, but I want you to think that you have that opportunity, right? That first of all, listen, get to know your team, you know, get to know where they are, what are the hopes, fears, right? Where the organization want, wants to go, but also how can you actually use 100% of yourself to, to make that happen? Right, which in many cases it might be mm-hmm. very different to the role you you have been given. Right, that's number one. N- number two is, I, I typically say this also to to people I coach. You know, is is what's your support network? Right. Um, I mean, some people call it your personal board of directors. Right. I mean, who is a person that is going to help mm-hmm. you to learn faster about what you need to do or the person that will support you, or the person that might not support you. You know, I mean, it's good that you have, as part of that board, personal board of directors, someone that is like, I'm not sure I like what this Marcelo person wants to do. I'm not in the same page. Because those, those that could be seen as detractors at the beginning can also keep you balanced, right? Uh, specifically when you need to make big, big decisions. It's very good to look at, at those people and, and, and make sure that you also connect with the clients of what you do, right? Sometimes we focus too much in our teams and internally focus. Make sure you, if you're in a company, for example, if you're in consumer goods company, go understand the market. Why consumers buy the products that your company is selling? I mean, I'm always curious about every, when I went to Pirelli, I, I went to our car manufacturers and I went, I went to some focus groups in where we were having the drivers of the Lamborghinis and, and Ferrari. I said, why do you buy this car? What are you expecting the car, you know, features to do for you, right? And, and when you have that outside in perspective from the market or customers of your organization, you become super powerful, super powerful, because at the end of the day, the company is serving those customers, right? Now, you might have internal customers also, and you should, you should use the same mindset to understand your internal customers, but do not forget to connect with the customers of your organization, because that will position yourself as a leader and as an executive in a completely different dimension. Every time you need to make a decision, you will have that lens coming to you and you might say, yeah, that might be great to do, but it doesn't mean anything for our customers. Why should I do it? Or what, what do I need to do differently, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, listen, listen, build your coalition, your board of directors to, to succeed. 
and, and keep you honest. And last but not least, maybe first, listen to your real customers, the customers of your organization. Yeah. Oh, great, great tips. Thank you for that. So I'm going to transition us into what I call the Rise Up and Be Visible quick tips. So these are four questions that I ask everybody uh, on the podcast. So I can't wait to hear your answers. The first one, visibility is, and fill in the blank. Visibility is being impactful to others. Oh, I love that. Do you have advice or a tip that you could share with the listeners on what you have personally done to be visible? Um, Connecting with people without any personal interest. Just connecting with people because you want to learn about what they are thinking or curious about what they know that you don't know. Oh, that's really good. (laughs) And I know you're great at doing that, not only in person, but online. I know that you spend a lot of time helping to connect people you know, and through social media and through the things that you're sharing, is that an intentional thought that you have? <laughs> I mean, it became an intentional thing, but it didn't start <laughs> as an intentional thing. Uh, and some people ask me, Marcelo, how did you build your brand in social media? I said, oh, what do you mean with brand in social media? I didn't know about that. So uh, it was a little bit not, not by design, it was more by accident, but at the center was what I said before, is I use social media to learn, right? Sometimes I, uh, I read an article and I know about two or three people that might have a point of view, sometimes a, a very maybe different point of view to what the article says. Mm-hmm. And I intentionally ask a provocative question because I know that we have a different point of view. And I use the comments to learn myself and others because LinkedIn, right, is a, is a social media uh, platform, others get into the conversation and the more the merrier because you're learning yourself, you're letting others contribute what they know and learning. So it's like, remember that, you know, make others, you know, shine. shine. It's, it it mm-hmm. comes back to that, right? Because you can do things that have an impact, a positive impact in, in others, even with social media, right? And that also helps you with, to build your brand, your presence, People we know, Marcelo is looking at these three topics, right? Because I'm very religiously every quarter focusing mm-hmm. on two or three things that I want to learn, right? Uh, so, so that's what you see. My posts are around two or three topics, right? Typically, every quarter, every four or five months, I change them, right? Uh, but mm-hmm. that's if that is a recipe, you can take it as a recipe. But uh, at the <laughs> at, at the core is this curiosity for learning and connecting with people that might have some different points of view. Okay, awesome. Uh, what has been the best leadership or career advice that you have received? Uh, made them shine. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is going to be the title of the episode. It's definitely been the theme of our conversation. <laughs> I mean, what's the very best? Uh, and if Marta Jani is listening to this, you know, thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, I'll tag him in the when I post it so he can, he can hear about you talking about him. Uh, I have a a kind of a follow-up question on that one before we go into the last question. What do you want your legacy to be? Mm, Oh, Um, that's a deep question. I think, I think if my legacy should be something like, I don't know, every person I spent my time trying to coach or help or, you know, could be in a company or in my family, right? 
that they they get to be at their best, right? I mean, that's that's. I, I would love if I spent one, two, three hours with a person, it was impactful, it opened doors for that person, it opened opportunity for that person to have a new thinking, and then new thinking drove different actions and the actions drove different results. And as a result of that, that person got, got to enjoy her or his full potential. If I see that, you know, if that is my legacy, you know, in, I don't know, if I could do that with a hundred people, I would be happy, right? I think we look back and I said, I, ma I made them shine, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm guessing it's more than a hundred people because <laughs> I know how many people you're working with now, for sure. Okay, last question. Uh, what is a book that you have read recently that you love and would recommend? Um, it's not the book I, I read recently. It's a book I read many years ago, but I always consult, which is called Leadership is an Art from Max Dupree, right? And it's a very old book about leadership. And some parts of the book, might, you might find them a little bit outdated, specifically all the impact of social media networks in the way you lead. Mm -hmm. But the, the main aspects of leadership from the human perspective are still the same. I think they will never change. I mean, I will never say never, but they, they are very foundational to who we are as human beings. And he talks a lot about this um, need of humans to, to belong to something bigger, right? And, and to contribute. And um, I think that book also shaped my, you know, unintentionally shaped the way I choose to, to you know, lead teams and lead my, my personal life, right? Uh, so so Leadership is an Art, Max Dupree. It's a very cheap book. You can read it during the weekend. So no <laughs> barriers for you. <laughs> yeah, it's that. pretty short. I, I remember that. I remember that. <laughs> I remember that. I don't even know if I what happened to my copy because I did have that at yeah. one point. I have to get another <laughs> copy of it. So thanks for the reminder on that. Any closing comments you want to share with the audience around leadership or visibility or anything else? I mean, the only thing is, you know, if, if you want to gain visibility, um, first you need to read Sue Barber's book. That's number one. Because it has, <laughs> no, really, it has, it's really practical and pragmatical and it's coming from, from real life experience, right? It's something you can apply right here, right now. But it's, it takes intention, right? I mean, some people say, I want to get visibility, I want to grow my career. And the question is, are you willing to put the effort and the focus and the reflection on yourself, what is important for you, those kind of things, to make it happen? Because if you're waiting for someone to give you the title of a leader, good luck, because it might happen. You may be, you know, in the 0.1% that, uh, uh, is have, is, is um, lucky to, to get that, but it's a lot of work, right? It has, so you have to be intentionally doing it, right? Positioning yourself, challenging mm -hmm. yourself, being humble, knowing that you might know many things, but might not be enough, right? And, and stay in that zone of, it might not be enough. So what else I can learn? So I think, mm -hmm. I think that, so, um, you know, stay humble, right? I mean, things are changing dramatically these days, technology is changing our lives. In some cases, 
for good, some other cases uh, driving unintended consequences that we need to, to manage, specifically as technology leaders, we need to, to lead uh, in, in the right way of using technology going forward. But you, you, you will be more on the side of not knowing enough than knowing enough. So when you feel comfortable mm -hmm. that that's the situation, your ego will take a second place. It has to be there. Ego is not bad, okay? Super ego is bad, right? When it takes mm -hmm. the driver's seat, that might be dangerous. Mm -hmm. But your ego is there, yeah. but you're still open to, to learn new things and, and you know, uh, and, and get advice from others, which, you know, anyone is as good as all of us, right? All right. Oh, great advice. Thank you so much for that. And I just think back to the day that we met in Chicago at the coffee shop and you were getting your coaching certification and trying to figure out what to do next in your career. And I'm, I'm just so excited to see what you have built, you know, for your career, for the ThoughtWorks organization and how you have really just taken all of the things that you've done with very big intentions behind it and made it wonderful. I know how people feel about you. They smile as soon as I mentioned your name when I spoke at ThoughtWorks and everyone was so excited that you were going to be on the podcast with me. So I know how highly they think of you and you're making a big difference. I think that's amazing. Oh, thank you, Sue. Thank you. And I have to say that conversation in, in, you know, in that coffee place in Chicago, that gave me the inspiration and the energy to, to get also into coaching because at that point was more or less like you know, an idea And, and again, mm -hmm. if you want to achieve something, you need to put the work behind those ideas. And, and you, mm -hmm. you, you have gave me the energy and the focus to do it. So thank you for that. Of course. I'm thrilled that we can talk about coaching anytime. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. All right. Well, if people wanted to reach out to you, where would you like them to find you? Just go LinkedIn. You know, um, I'm pretty active there. Just send me a message. Um, I'm always connecting with people every Friday. I have one hour in what I have uh, two sessions of 30 minutes connecting with people that I don't know. Uh, some are extremely interesting. Um, some are less interesting because sometimes there are sales calls, which I don't like to be part of. Uh, but some are super interesting because, you know, you connect with people that you might not know and they have similar interests and you can learn from each other. So... So just send me a LinkedIn message and, and I follow up on that. That's awesome. Yes. Tell him that you you heard him on the podcast and you wanted to learn more about what he is sharing with us today. Thank you so, so much for being here, especially in the midst of moving. I so appreciate it. And I look forward to our next conversation whenever that may be. Me too. Me too. So thanks for, for having me and, and congratulations on the book and the podcast and all the very best. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks everybody for joining today on the Visibility Factor podcast. We'll catch you on the next one. Thanks so much for listening to the Visibility Factor podcast. Remember that visibility starts with small steps that are intentional and consistent each day. Be bold, be visible, be the leader you were meant to be. Find us and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Follow us on all of our social media platforms, which are highlighted in the show notes. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Visibility Factor podcast.